0: Visit roberthalf.com today. When you're mentioning a white guy, you never say this white guy. You say this guy. So why when you mention,
1: Listen to me.
2: Why when you mention a black guy, you have to say this
1: black guy. Say, but no, seriously. Romanian listen,
0: language I drum,
3: You have to respect each come other. On. Respect.
0: But it looks as if uh, the Vashaksi here players are potentially going to refuse to continue. And they are, yeah, leaving the field of play. And now the Paris players will follow suit. Left with little option. The conversation's continuing as Thomas Tuchel and his team now head down the tunnel.
2: Champions League Tuesday recap. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kegolasso. We have all the information, all the news, all the latest context uh, from Parc De Prince as Jonathan Johnson gives us. Uh, all the info regarding PSG against Istanbul Beshekshire. We have Jimmy Conrad to talk about all the games as well. Stay right here. Uh, Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lasso Tuesday Champions League recap. Straight away, we have Jonathan Johnson from Park the Prince who will give us the complete breakdown on everything that happened uh, with PSG facing Istanbul Beshekshire. JJ, take it away. Please set the scene and the latest as we're taping.
1: Hey there, guys. Yeah, I wish uh, it was under better circumstances, but obviously uh, what, what has happened has happened. Um, so basically, just after the 20-minute the mark, uh, the, the game went on a longer pause than usual. A uh, red card was flashed, and it turns out the Basics are here, assistant coach, Pierre Weber, uh, was shown the red card. And at that point, it became a bit more than a, a discussion. Uh, you know, there, there was a lot of commotion, all of the players gathering around. Uh, you know, more like a, more like a scuffle. Uh, and then, you know, after a very lengthy break, uh, both sets of players uh, went off. Uh, you know, emotions have been running high. The Basics are here players went off first. The PSG players were close behind. We saw, um, you know, Demba Bar confronting the, uh, the fourth official in question, uh, who's been accused of, um, of using racist language. We've seen that the, the, the PSG players uh, were in the tunnel waiting to, to know whether they were going to be sent back on or not. Uh, and there's been little uh, in the way of official communication from UEFA except where they stated uh, that there was an incident you know, ongoing in the match. Uh, there, there has still been no official communication uh, at, at the time that we're taping uh, that, the, that the match has been postponed or, or cancelled. But what we are hearing... From uh, Basek here's communication staff is that the game will be played again tomorrow. I can't tell you whether it will be restarted or completely replayed. I, I imagine that it would be uh, restarted, but you know we'll have to wait for uh, official confirmation, but it's taken the best part of two hours to even get close to some sort of official word uh, on what's happened. You know just us, the journalists in the stadium have been left completely hanging uh, you know out here waiting for, for some for some word about it and the only sort of updates we've really had is from what we can see for, from our vantage point in the stadium and that was sort of about uh, you know an hour mm-hmm. more than an hour after the the incidents had taken place and the players had come off that the staff from the the two sets of teams mm-hmm. had come and picked up all of their different items from the technical area so at that point we had a solid idea that, that the match would not be resuming uh, in the, in
2: the aftermath so as we're taping right now, Jonathan Johnson here with Jimmy Conrad, kego Lasso Pod. As we're taping, is a few minutes after uh, the regular games have ended. Um, there's still a lot of information, as JJ just brought it down, but according to reports, as you mentioned, JJ, that the game will uh, be played tomorrow, according to uh, 7 p.m. local time. Uh, still waiting for official confirmation, obviously, from both clubs. And as to your point, whether it will be, you know, from the moment the game stopped or restarting all over again, as you mentioned, presuming that it'll be from the moment the game stopped. Jonathan, before you leave us, because I know that you're still at the stadium, just what was the scene? What did it feel like? Like, obviously there was a lot of tension to hear from, you know, as we're watching, uh, you know, it wasn't just Istanbul by six years. Obviously, Istanbul by six years set the tone, but also Neymar, Kylian, and Mbappé were right in the face of the officials. PSG squad also joined in unison uh, to really, uh, you know, uh, condemn this situation. Dembaba, of course, a tremendous voice right here. Uh, unprecedented scenes, but really needed and, and very, very important uh, as we can imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's just shocking, really, to, to see uh, you know racism rear its ugly head once again and uh, impact football at this level. I mean, for it to have come from a member of the the officiating team is is just shocking uh, in this day and age. You, you know, you really wouldn't expect it, uh, you know, for, from from that kind of source. Uh, you know, I think the players have to be applauded for the stance that they've taken. Uh, you know, wasting little time in, in getting off the pitch and you know, this, this has to be tackled really seriously. But for me, it, you know, in a, in a decade of, of covering uh, football, being li- being live at the stadium, I've never seen anything like this. And I've covered a lot of things over the years. Uh, I was at Stade de France for the for, for the attacks in Paris all those years ago. Uh, and, you know, this, the, the confusion surrounding this, you know, is something that, that I've never experienced. It's, uh, you know, you've been left in the dark for so long. There's been so... You know, there's been little because way to, to actually get official word about everything that has happened, and there have you know, been a lot of the journalists trying to band together to, to piece together exactly what is uh, you know what, what has happened. You've got a lot of people taking to to to, uh, to social media. I mean, Kylian Mbappe uh, saying that he's with uh, Pierre Webber, the, the assistant manager of Basaksehir, who, uh, who was in question, who was shown the red card, and, and you know who sparked uh, this incident, and it's uh, you know, it, it's. It's going to take a while for, for us to dig through all of this, to piece together exactly what happened in which order, uh, you know, and, and for, for, for UEFA to, to work out exactly how they're going to uh, you know, tackle this and, and stamp it out moving forward, because it's not a good look uh, everything that has gone on this evening at Parkwood Plus.
2: And as you're talking, Kylian Mbappé tweeting say no to racism and showing support for uh, Weibo. We are with you, he says. And as you mentioned, of course, uh, more ongoing information in terms of what happened with PSG against uh, Istanbul Başakşehir. Jonathan Johnson from Park the Prince, uh, we always thank you for your immaculate reporting and all the information. And I'm sure we'll be joined with you once again to, to discuss even more, especially if this game indeed happens on Wednesday. JJ, thank you very much uh, from both myself and Jimmy. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Usually a pleasure, just uh, not so much this evening for obvious reasons.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: Hey, everybody, that was Jonathan Johnson from Park the Prince, uh, obviously echoing, Jimmy, uh, what uh, Jonathan said. it's it's We don't want to talk about this. Uh, we would rather be talking about the games. But this issue, this uh, horrible, toxic cancer uh, that still exists, not just in the game, but everywhere, you know, uh, has to be discussed, has to be fought. And indeed, from what we saw, not just of Demba Bar, but everybody else, you know, walking away and and standing against, uh, you know, racism and everything that goes for it. I would love your thoughts on on it uh, from what we just saw here on Tuesday night.
3: Yeah, my first thought is that it's unacceptable Uh, to echo what JJ said from a referee, no less somebody who is his, his job is to make sure the game is held at a high standard. So for him to let slip Uh, allegedly a word that was a racial slur, but but from what I understand, you wouldn't walk away if it wasn't something there, but just, uh, you know, out of fairness, until we learn more about the situation. Um, that said, I absolutely love that the two teams walked off the field, especially for a champions league game, because that's going to trickle down to the rest of all the other leagues and all the teams around the world. Like if PSG and the Neymars and the Mbappes of the world, even though it didn't happen to them directly can still join forces and say, hey, that's just not acceptable to anybody, whether it's our opponent, whether it's to us, it's just not acceptable. That's going to empower other clubs, smaller clubs, smaller leagues to do the same thing. And that's how you stamp this out. This is how you get rid of it. And so I can't say enough that the courage that it took to probably make that decision, especially from the one that was actually uh, imposed upon, uh, the one that was, you know, shown that word or whatever it was. Demba Ba, For I love Demba Ba, I've always loved Demba Ba. For him to step up and get into the ref a little bit that that's unacceptable that sets the tone and then you get everybody else on board they immediately went off i can't say enough about it uh it's it's uh it's a good thing for the human race i don't want to make it too overly dramatic here but this is a really important and i think we'll talk about this a lot moving forward because i think this again will empower other clubs and other players to be like this is unacceptable and i think other teammates because that's the key here, right? And we talk about racism a lot, Luis. It's usually because nobody says something to the one person that's being an, a dirt. I was going to say jerk. I was going to say dick. I was going to say a-hole at the same time there. And that was my word I came up with. But but you need those people to feel you got to say it. Like, no, this isn't right. And we're going to support you. And that is what's going to make the difference. So uh, a hat tip to both of those teams for, for making that call, for having the courage to do so, like I said. And, and uh, I, I hope that it continues to have a positive impact and not be to something we don't think about in a couple months.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, just to echo everything that you just said, you know, something that we really need to remember, and obviously this is just uh, terrible. And the fact that it came from an official, it, it, it's terrible. But you know, this is the moment where two teams, right, led by specific individuals, Demba Ba being one of them, of course, you know, came together and said, "No, we're not doing this. It's not happening." Right. And and you know, Neymar gets so much heat for so many other things. And he was right up in the face in the grill of, of the main referee, along with Kylian Mbappé, joining forces with Dembaba and other players, saying this is not happening. And they walked away. And you know, the other thing that I want to say is like this is the leadership that came from players. No, nowhere else. It came from players. I mean, UEFA probably could have done a little bit more at the very beginning of this situation. And the players took the lead. And the other thing that I want to say, by the way, is that there's probably going to be a lot of rhetoric about about exactly what the official said and that maybe it was lost in translation and maybe it was ignorance over racism let me tell you something they're not mutually exclusive okay I'm sorry they're not all right as somebody who understands all too well uh, you know the difference in cultural um, you know lingo whether you're from South America or Europe or the US they're not mutually exclusive you are, Right now, the eyes are on you as an official in literally the most multicultural global game tournament in the world. You need to understand what is happening in that moment. And also, you know, your mic is on. We're going to be hearing everything that you're saying, or at the very least in an empty stadium. You know, so regardless of everything, you need to be aware of the situation. And it's, it's incredible to me, as you said, that it comes from an official. This isn't even a problem that we're talking about, you know, Millwall fans or whatever. This is an official. And you know, it's amazing to me that it's still happening as JJ also said that it's still happening in 2020.
3: I don't know from what I understand, this was a Romanian crew or this, this particular referee was Romanian. I don't know what that means to anybody, but I just know that that's just where he, that's where he's from. Um, and, and I wonder with regard to him in particular, once it, once it gets proved one way or the other, and as you said, the mic's going to make it very clear what he did or didn't say. He sh- he's going to have to get fired if if it's actually how it all played out. I don't I don't suspect that those players or Demba Ba or the assistant coach would have that type of reaction if he didn't say something like that doesn't come out of thin air. Um, so yeah, if he should get fired. This is this is where I think the interesting point is because because we're in this kind of situation now and it's very easy on social media to quote unquote cancel people is there a place to allow this this referee to get rehabilitated is there a way for him to kind of earn that trust and respect and hey I made a mistake and I can grow from this so are we going to give people that make mistakes a a growth opportunity to learn as human beings and and to maybe he comes he's now he'll see the light in a way that he never did and he can actually empathize with people that that uh, don't look like him right and and maybe there's a way to do that I don't know I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but I but I, I also hope that there's room for that moving forward, that this guy isn't just like, you know, completely canceled if there's a chance, if he wants to learn from it. Of course, if he doesn't and he's gonna be stubborn and he's not gonna apologize and all that good stuff, or it's an empty apology for sure. But I just want to make sure that there's room for that because I think that's also part of how we're gonna get past this as well, is that the people that were jerks before are now saying, listen, actually, I learned my lesson here. These are incredible human beings, they need to be treated with respect and and Just like I want that same respect in return and that's how I think we're going to continue to grow and continue to impact future generations in a real positive way.
2: Well said. Um, And as we speak, uh, as we all discussed, uh, courtesy of Jonathan Johnson, this game is reportedly meant to happen uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. 7 p.m. local time. I'm sure that by the time you hear this, maybe hours later, there will be more updates, but that's what we have. And that was um, the way that we had to start the show. We had to discuss this incident. Of course we did. And uh, we will be right back to discuss the rest of the action because there was plenty more to talk about on this Tuesday night in the Champions League. We'll be right back uh, right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Here, Kego Lasso with Jimmy Conrad. Uh, There was a lot of other action going on in the Champions League on Tuesday, and we stay in the same group um, as uh, PSG and Istanbul Besiktir Group H, and that is Leipzig. RB Leipzig beating Manchester United 3-2. Jimmy, you called it. I called it. Jonathan Johnson thought it. I think Manchester United were going to struggle here. RB Leipzig um, were going to be an interesting matchup against a Man United that needed it. But I thought, no Cavani, no Martial. It was going to be tough. And Leipzig win it 3-2. Your thoughts on this game? Um, a good day for Leipzig. Another bad day for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer.
3: Yeah, it's one of those things with Ole Gunnar, which version of, of him and as a manager is going to show up. The one that somehow defies logic and wins big games or the one that you're like, why? How does he even have a managerial job? How is that even possible? What's funny is that Luis, you know, we give him a hard time, you know, week in and week out. But then obviously we give him praise when he figures out something as well. He's probably going to win the Manchester Derby this weekend because, you know, he lost this game. It's just I don't know how it works, but it just seems to work out that way. They had to be disappointed with their start obviously giving up a goal two minutes into angelino uh was was not the way you want to start any must-win game and then giving up another one to hydera 10 minutes later that i would say it was done and dusted at that point but it just seemed like all the momentum was in favor of leipzig so fair play to their manager their young manager julian Nagelsmann, for really kind of pressing the right buttons and his team looked a little bit more hyped i'll be honest they looked like they were more up for it they could see what was at stake and i don't think united could match that Right from the get-go, obviously United, as you said, missed some players. They had the Paul Pogba situation, his agent running his mouth. You know, Pogba did end up coming on and scoring later. I had the draw on this one, and uh, and and nearly—it was nearly it was a close. draw. It was so close. I had the draw on over two and a half, two and a half goals plus seven hundred. That was my flyer of the day. You know, it was—it could have been there. I just worry about the starting positions. I actually want to go back and watch the first twenty minutes. Because they have Telus on one side, they have Juan Basaka on the other. They got Luke Shaw kind of tucked in in the back three with Maguire and Lindelof. And I just don't know if it's felt like those gaps were exposed in a way that maybe we haven't seen. And now I feel like maybe Ole Gunnar was trying to maybe overthink it a little bit. And we see that even with the best managers with Pep Guardiola, overthinks a lot, especially in the Champions League. And so. Yeah, disappointing performance overall for Manchester United. Even without those horses that that were injured, they still had more than enough talent to get a result. It just makes me think, when I look at that back line, are you going to really win anything of consequence with Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof as your center backs? Like, really? I don't care if you have De Gea at peak form behind you, McTominay in front of you. Matic. I mean, you know, maybe Matic 10 years ago. Matic now. I don't know. That's just not like a team. When I look at the list of names, I, they're not going to win a trophy of consequence. And, and I mean that with all due respect to those players. I think they're solid, but I don't think they're trophy winning, winning players. that can all, uh, really elevate Manchester United to this other level.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, like, I'm with you. Here's the thing. My first original issue was listen, how are they going to do this without Martial, without Cavani? Because, and actually, we saw proof of it today because Mason Greenwood had some good chances. Uh, he's a great player but he's not the complete package r- yet. Marcus Rashford, I still believe he's not at 100%. I think his shoulder's still kind of bugging him a little bit. Uh, you know, and not everything can go uh, through Bruno Fernandes, especially when you play with a team that kind of knows exactly what to do in the midfield. And then after that, I just thought that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer went way too, and this is what we said, he went way too defensive. And if you're playing for the draw... Yeah. Normally, that's just not going to happen. I just thought that you needed to take a page out of our friend Jesse Marcia and just be like, you know what? I'm just going for it. I'm just mm-hmm. going to go for it. I'm going to start Paul Pogba maybe, or I'm going to put Juan Mata, who can be kind of the key in terms of assists and, you know, trying to bring people in. Uh, hell, I might even, you know, go with uh, Donny Van de Beek from the very beginning and yeah. see what we can do there. And it just didn't happen. And I'm just like, I. it's like you said, like I keep, Saying sorry to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and well done to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, like, <laughs> and it's just too much. And I, I, I tweeted it. I guess I was trolling a little bit, but Mauricio Pochettino would have gone Manchester United in the knockout stages. I'm telling you that right now.
3: But I agree. I agree with that, and Maxi Allegri, maybe even the same. He's another you know top manager that's out there. And I look at the stats. You know, United had more shots, more shots on goal, eight to four, uh, more possession. But to your point, with regard to Bruno Fernandes. If you start to key on him, that, that just means other players need to step up and create options for him so he can go pick up the ball in another space if that one is closed down. And that's why you need to bring in more of a, a Van Beek or a Mata, somebody that kind of keeps the ball on the ground, is looking to combine, you know, and just keeping the ball to keep the ball, but also to kind of shift some defending. And because of the intensity that I thought Leipzig came out with, I mean, their energy was fantastic. That's actually what I thought United should have done. And Leipzig beat them to it. And then obviously scored two very good goals to make it happen. I just think that at that point, also that the stats could be misleading because once they had a two-goal lead, they didn't really need to push anymore. You know, they could just kind of sit back and look to hit on the counter. And they ultimately did with uh, Justin Clivert. That was a bad goal too. But uh, fair play. Angelino played at NYCFC. He was fantastic and uh, on loan
2: from Man City. I know, unbelievable. Like, the unbelievable. Manchester Derby came early, I guess. It did, it
3: really uh, did. So. But
2: listen, also, fair yeah. play to RB Leipzig because they literally just a few days ago uh, played a six goal fest against uh, arguably the best team in Europe. So, you know, the fact that they come here and they say, you know, we're going to do it again, we're just mm-hmm. going to keep going, uh, it, it's pretty commendable. Now, what's interesting, Jimmy, though, is that because PSG and Istanbul Bashir hasn't played yet, mm-hmm. um, Harvey Leipzig still top of the table (laughs) Um, with, uh, but obviously that will all come down to the game if it's played tomorrow indeed, and then things will change there. Um, But that's exactly how this group looks right now Uh, with Leipzig, obviously number one right now with 12 points United in third with uh, nine Mm -hmm. and PSG without kicking a ball still sticks. uh, Well, you know well if it's given as a draw it's one point extra but but still it doesn't matter uh, the game's going to be played so uh,
3: yeah the game will be played and we'll see what ends up happening you know Bashak Shahir could rally around this he could put out a good performance who knows but uh, what i'll say is that this is important three points now for psg it always was they need to win so they can avoid playing a bayern munich or a liverpool or man city in the next round that's the last thing that they want uh, in the round of 16, they don't want to face those teams. So, the quarters or semifinals to have a nice run back to the final, like they had last season, they're gonna have to beat somebody good along the way. But if you can avoid those big ones, especially in the round of 16, uh, that's, that's a good thing. But Manchester United, destined for the Europa League, enjoy it, boys.
2: And yeah, next up, Manchester Derby. That should be fun. All right, let's talk about Barcelona against Juventus, Lionel Messi against Cristiano Ronaldo. And this one goes to Cristiano Ronaldo, he gets his brace. Uh, yes, yes, Pinaldo, call him whatever you want. Who cares? 134 goals in the Champions League is uh, no easy feat. The greatest goal scorer in Champions League history. Uh, and Juventus win 3-0. Weston McKenney Jimmy Conrad. I know, I know. What a ridiculous goal. I saw that tweet from you. You're winning the World Cup <laughs> 2026. God, I love that American gusto. It's got to be good, huh? Three I not- got it, yeah. No, uh, listen, talk to me about this game. That was a ridiculous
3: goal. Yeah, it was a ridiculous goal by Weston McKinney. Obviously very proud of just having an American out there in such a big match. I mean, I know there wasn't riding out of both teams are going to go through, but because of this result, Juve are actually now top of the group. They needed to win by three goals or more to go top of the group, and they did it. It was almost 4-0. It could have been five. You know, a lot of, lot of good opportunities for Juve. I don't want to take anything away from Leo Messi in particular from Barcelona. I actually thought he played pretty well. It's just the players around him. You know, just let him down. He's got some young wingers that don't have that type of experience, especially against an Italian team that know how to defend or very well organized. I thought Pedri and Trincao didn't do much. Uh, Pjanic against his former club didn't really show up. Uh, the back four, even Serginio Des to a certain extent, even though he wasn't really involved, I thought the center backs were poor. Just not a good performance overall, I'd say for Barcelona, but I thought all in all, I thought Messi came out to play and was ready to go. He just needs support for him to really have that magic that we all expect, just like any player would. And Ronaldo got it. And Ronaldo was up for it. So I this was a bet that I called. I thought Juventus was going to win straight up plus 235. I'm basically printing money for you guys. There's just they had the better form. Barcelona came in. They're still lacking an identity. They're still lacking some very key players. I just there was only one way this was going, and this is not a big surprise to me. But yeah, fair play to the performance from Juve and then Weston McKinney, obviously I can't say enough about it. It's just, just going, you know what I like about it the most Luis is that he looks comfortable out there. He doesn't look out of place, you know? And I think that's a big thing for us as as Americans is we just want to be able to prove that we can run around with those guys, you know? Yeah. If we dominate great. If we score a scissor kick, like he did in this one, even better, but, but just that we're accepted, I think has been one of the biggest hurdles for us to overcome. And I think you see it too, with Peruvians, like when you go and you have Raul Ruiz Diaz here, or if you have any other players, across the pond or whatever it is, you just want them to be accepted because they're good players. It doesn't matter where they're from. They're just good players. And, and you know, we, we fight a lot of stigma and, and stereotypes about what we're capable of. And I think now those walls are coming down, we're breaking through ceilings and it's awesome to see. And obviously when you score a goal, like Weston McKinney did, if you guys haven't seen it yet, go find it. Uh, you're going to be proud if you're an American, cause it's, it was sweet.
2: No, I, there is nothing else but to say, but to be super proud. And you make a very good point. It's not just about the fact that they're here and they're doing their thing. Like they, Belong, mm-hmm. they belong and that was a great goal and i love the celebration he went behind the camera and was like you know let's check it out again because it was so good i love it i love it um here's a question for you jimmy listen thank god barcelona are through because like you <laughs> lose to cadiz this past weekend you lose three nothing and come out to juventus um you know good thing that you had you know uh what well, who else was in your group dynamo Kiev and uh, dynamo kiev and ferenc Um, if, if this was another group where you kind of have like that group H with, with three really good teams, um, what would have happened to Barcelona then? And would Ronald Koeman's, you know, job be done? I mean, I know that he just came in, but seriously, it's not good at Barcelona right now.
3: No, it's not. And I think one of the big things, when I think about Barcelona, I try not to get sucked into the drama surrounding the team day to day. When I think about it, Ronald Koeman is sitting on a, I was almost at a throne of lies, which is from what Step Brothers. but uh, he's, he's, he's taking a position that he can't win because he has to transition, arguably the best player of all time from Barcelona somehow, whether he leaves and goes to Manchester city, which is what I think is going to happen or whatever it may be. Ronald Koeman, you know, the courage that he has to have to take that job, knowing it's going to be a bit of a train wreck. I mean, I give it up to him. And the fact that he's kind of trying to stand tall throughout this, they're in trouble. And for me, with regard now to the champions league, if I'm one of the number one seeded teams that won their group, I would love to play Barcelona right now. That said, Barcelona is going to probably look a little bit different in two or three months when the round of 16 drops off. You know, I I think that obviously your younger players get a little bit more experience. PK will be back. You know, maybe you have rested legs with Busquets. Obviously Messi can win games by himself. And if he knows they can kind of rest them leading into those ones. That's something different, but all things considered, I wouldn't be scared to play Barcelona right now if I'm a Bayern Munich or a Liverpool. Uh, I, I think that, uh, those other teams are much better at the moment.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. So that should be interesting, especially, uh, next Monday when we see the champions league draw, and we find out who they have to play in the. I can't Real- wait. I can't wait. <laughs> it's gonna, well, you're going to be here at some point talking
3: about it. I will be, I will be. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: I can't wait either. So, um, Let's go around because there was so much going on, but uh, I, I'll just mention the results and then Jimmy, you can just tell yeah, me, shoot. you know, some go things. I mean, Borussia Dortmund uh, winning 2-1 against uh, Zenit St. Petersburg, uh, Alex Witzel with two very quick, very good goals. Lazio saved by the crossbar. <laughs> Ties, Klab, Brugge. the crossbar, and Pepe Reina uh, uh, are saved. Uh, and Lazio make it for the first time in the knockout stage since 1999. Um, that was quite something. Chelsea tie with Krasnodar. I completely even forgot Chelsea and Krasnodar were playing. That's how much was going on today. And Dynamo Kiev with that very precious one nothing win because I believe that's a Europa League spot. It is. Uh, for them. So that's interesting. And Sevilla uh, continue to really just damage uh, the poor Rennes uh, <laughs> 3-1. Any thoughts from any of those games?
3: Yeah, I'd say really quick with Borussia Dortmund. You know, they went down 1 0 to a Zenit team that had been struggling. They hadn't won at all in the group stages. And, you know, they were in Russia for this one. Dorman didn't start the three that I think we've come familiar with Jaden Sancho, Gio Reyna, Erling Hollands. They went with Marco Royce and Witzel and uh, Thorgan Hazard, you know, and they got the job done. They turned it around. You know, and and they got a result. And I think that speaks to a little bit of their depth, which I think we both know that if they want to compete for the Bundesliga against Bayern Munich and actually have a deep run in this competition, they got to have some depth. They got to have these guys step up. And they did today. So I was pretty excited for them. If you're a Dortmund fan, a black and yellow fan, uh, you got to be pretty excited about that. Now, with regard to Lazio, they pissed this one away. Frankly, they went up 1-0. I think they thought that was it. You know, they only needed a draw... Uh, we got the one goal lead where Italians, where we play the kind of nacho we'll just sit back and absorb and hit them on the counter for the second one game over. We'll go smoke some cigarettes afterwards, you know. Um, and they fair, fair play to Club Bruce. They came back right away, made it 1-1. And then it went 2-1. And you can see Lazio kind of then, you know, they found the urgency again to make sure it didn't get too dicey. And then as you said, you know, they made some mistakes. Pepe Reina probably could have done a little bit better. But uh, then they got lucky at the end. You know, it could have gone the other way. Crazy, crazy game when it shouldn't, didn't need to be a crazy game. But uh, fair play to them. cheer the hero, Mobley scored again. Uh, Dinamo Kiev did what they needed to do. It's hard to shut out that Ferenc team, so I respect that. Chelsea Krasendar, I was hoping Christian Pulisic would play. He didn't play, so I was a little bitter about that. Uh, Kepa got to play, so for all you Kepa... Well, I don't know if you're Kepa haters or not, but uh, it wasn't a big surprise to see him taking one out of the back of his net. Let's just say it like that. And then I'm finally, was... I hate
2: it when people like hate Kepa. How can you hate Kepa? Rizalana? You can't
3: hate. It. You can't it, hate. Like... It. I actually, I actually feel sorry for the guy at this point. You yeah, know, just, you just redeem
2: yourself in a new club and you'll be fine. It's he's yeah. still very young. People like you yeah, know,
3: it's not. Yeah. and he was fantastic at, at, at uh, Athletic Club de Bilbao. De Bilbao. But, yeah. So, so with regard, really quick about Ren Sevilla. Sevilla scored another goal off a cross. They have to be one of the best crossing goal scoring teams in the world. They're so good at it. Yeah. And what pumps me up is that people know that that's what they're going to do. And they still do it anyway. <laughs> and so I can't say enough about Sevilla. I'm a big fan of Julian Lopetegui as a manager. And now we're talking about teams that we wouldn't want to face in, in in the round of 16. Sevilla is definitely one of those. I would not want to touch uh, Sevilla over two legs in, in the round of 16.
2: Yeah, and they're they're really essentially a knockout kind of a uh, team because they just, they do or die. And, and, and to your point, it doesn't matter their strategy. Uh, they remind me very much of a Marcelo Bielsa system. Like they just, you know, they just go wide, they cross. And when you, they don't have the ball, they want it back straight away. And it's, it's great to see um, just to confirm everybody PSG Istanbul will be played tomorrow at twelve fifty five PM Eastern. Uh, so it'll be part of those early matches in the champions league. Uh, and it will be restarted from the 14th minute. So that should be something to watch for tomorrow as part of the early game. So there's a lot now tomorrow, Jimmy, a lot. And you can hear that actually because we already have the Wednesday preview. Uh, So aren't you lucky, people? uh, (laughs) So much content. Jimmy Conrad, anything else left to say before we say goodbye to you, Jimmy C?
3: No, I just want to take a deep breath, man. That was an exciting day of games. And I, of course, love to share it with you, Luis. So I look forward to tomorrow
2: absolutely jimmy c thank you so much brother
3: thanks guys thanks for listening
2: i want to thank jonathan johnson and jimmy conrad for joining me today uh make sure that you keep listening to us as we have the wednesday preview as well as all the news regarding the rest of the week and we'll have a weekend preview coming up later on um join us right then thank you so much and see you next time